0: Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88, wherever you are on the FaithFM network. You are listening to us here at FaithFM on The Breakfast Show. you have joined by myself... Lawson and the wonderful Danuta. Danuta, how are you doing this yeah,
1: morning? Yeah, great. Lawson, isn't it great to have a bit of rain this morning?
0: uh Do sure. you like rain or not? I mean, it's it's not just raining, which I understand is like very necessary for you know our ecosystem and and whatnot. Uh, but it's not only raining, but it's also cold <laughs> it and is. and windy. And I'm like, I I don't I don't know. If You're I'm not a fan this. of cold. Yeah, but it ha- it's not like. Bucketing down or no, anything. No, it's so I'm, I'm like, oh, that's, really that's sp- tolerable. Like it sounded good last night. You know, it was some nice white noise when I was going to bed. <laughs> so it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like impartial. I'm like, oh, I'm not super pro rainy and dreary, but I'm also not incredibly anti either. How was how was your weekend? What'd you get up to?
1: Yeah, no, great. We went down to Sydney, of course, to celebrate my sister in law's 60th oh, birthday. Oh, nice! And that was really beautiful. And she was stoked to hear that we'd actually wished her, of course, a happy birthday. Mm. She wasn't listening that morning, but we did replay <laughs> it to her, so she got to hear. And so did the rest of the family.
0: Mm, absolutely, I was down in Sydney as well. I was t- saying to the listeners yesterday, I was down in Waitara Church preaching for a for a for a youth event there. And just hanging out and just like eating amazing food. Like it's just just that I love going to Sydney because you can get really incredibly awesome food anywhere. Well, maybe maybe not anywhere. I don't I don't know. I just know I, I went to this restaurant in Hornsby. Another one. And it's just <laughs> just amazing. So I, I'm really blessed, you know, and I'm still it's Tuesday now and that meal was on Saturday night. I'm like, man, I'm I'm good. Like you're listening to the Breakfast
2: Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
0: And we are going to have our first quiz for today. If Producer Shell can get it on the screen for us. Thank you, Producer Shell. Our first quiz for today.
1: What town was Joshua given as his inheritance? Was it Josh Haha'i? Nebeth Horon, these are difficult names to pronounce, aren't they?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nebeth, Nebeth Horon, or Tel Marishah. I'm, I, I, I'm just, I'm just speed reading these ones, but again, that question, what town was Joshua giving as in, as inheritance? Do you think you can get it this time?
1: Do you want me to do it again? Yeah, yeah, okay. You got what this. town you, was I... Joshua given as his inheritance? Yeah. Josh, hey, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Nebeth Tim Nathsara or Tel oh, amazing.
0: 0491 064 is the number to call or text. We're, we're laughing and cringing a little bit here in the studio. I'm glad
1: we don't have those kind of names today. Oh, hey, Like, imagine if if your actual name rather than Lawson was one of these. Rosh Ha are Like, ha people year. would just go, hey, you.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, here in Australia, we're wearing curry curry, mm-hmm. which is pretty easy to pronounce, but we've got, you know, indigenous names for towns and whatnot. You've, you've got your wool and more. Maw- Mwulambar and whatnot. Actually, Mwulambar is a funny one because I have some international friends, and that name, like, they try and say Mwulambar and they're like, we can't do it. It's, it's outside of our ability. I think that
1: one's pretty okay. Our, our yeah. ability. Yeah. Hey, 0491
0: 064 669. Of course, the prize for this week is Risen by Clifford Goldstein, looking. All that, you know, a complete view at Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, mm. and how it affects us as well. So again, mm. that number, 0491-064-669. What town was Joshua given as an inheritance? Rosh ha that's A, B, nabeth Haran, C, Timnath Sarah, or D, Tel Marashah amazing
1: amazing can i just say Clifford goldstein is a brilliant writer he is and you know he years is. years ago when i was in england 25 years back almost i actually met him in person oh
0: yeah, I did. amazing i was able to listen to him speak in person in 2017 2017 2018 okay. one of those years and uh, i just oh, i love him he's he's a uh, he's ethnically jewish and he's well he's a, he's a christian and he's just up the front just the way that he talks he's his accent he's from the states it's like wow this he just sounds so sage-like and so wise but then so funny. So really, really amazing stuff. Hey, let's get into some good news for today.
1: Yeah, look, some great news. Of course, this week is NADOC week, which mm. comes, uh, is celebrated um, annually every year. My husband's Aboriginal. We've been married for almost 15 oh, years. Mm. Um, and I love the Aboriginal people. Um, and I guess being married um, into the family as well, um, yeah, I've just learned mm. and discovered a lot uh, within the culture. But NADOC, some people may not know what NADOC Stands for. It stands for National Aborigines and Islanders Day Observance Committee, and its origins are traced back to the Aboriginal rights movement when, on Australia Day 1938, protesters actually marched through the streets of Sydney um, looking at just basically to do with the status and treatment of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Mm. And so NAIDOC Week celebrates the history, culture and achievements of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders and it's celebrated by all Australians. So this week, I want to encourage our listeners to, to go to a NAIDOC celebration. Even mm. if you need to Google a place where to go, um, somewhere locally, um, close to you, there, there would be events going on. Just go and, um, just mingle, um, uh, yeah, and discover culture, um, get to know the stories from people as well, um, but, um, this, this year, um, the theme, there's a different theme each year. And the theme this year is for our elders. And the elders are important. We'll talk about that shortly. Mm-hmm. But what I want to bring in within this good news is that on Saturday night in Brisbane, on set, um, Saturday night in Brisbane, uh, professor mm. Kelvin Kong was awarded the Nadoc Person of the Year Award. Um, and he is actually mm. a professor in um, ear, nose and throat. Um, so the head, he's a head and neck surgeon. Um, and he says that hearing loss is often caused by otitis media, which is a middle ear infection, which is fluid in the, mm. the middle ear. Wow. Um, that, you know, a lot of Aboriginal children can tend to get. When I worked as a speech pathologist in Victoria, I remember seeing a lot of children with those problems. Mm. And it, of course, affects their speech if, if they're hearing, if they can't hear very well. And so he's actually done research in that area and he is a surgeon. And, um, he's, he's, um, he's been recognized for that, um, Mm. for that, which is tremendous. He's the first, um, indigenous surgeon, Australian indigenous surgeon. Um, I actually Mm. heard him speak as well, and I just think he's a really humble, beautiful man. Mm. And the interesting thing is he works actually in, within our region. He actually works at the John Hunter Hospital, um, and also at the John Hunter Children's Hospital. Um, and he also goes out to the remote communities because in the communities, the services aren't there quite so much as well. Mm. Um, and so um, the impact, um, his, his work would have a massive impact out there too. It's also not the first time that his contributions have actually been acknowledged or recognised. In 2021, he was also named Newcastle Citizen of the Year. Um, and he received the esteemed um, Australian Society of Medical Research Medal. So he's he's very dedicated in his field. He's he's driven. He's passionate, um, and he's making a difference. The whole thing of closing the gap. Mm-hmm. Closing the gap is so really important because um, the health outcomes, I don't know if our listeners are familiar with this, but um, commonly um, amongst our Indigenous people, um, uh, your mortality rate is, is more around the four, 35 to yeah, 50 wow. age range, mm. which is really quite young. Mm. Um, Keith's cousin, my husband's cousin, actually passed away um, uh, last year at the age of 32. Wow at the age of 32 quite quite unexpectedly and and so um yeah there's a lot of grief in the communities i just want Absolutely. to extend my heart um Heart to our, our beautiful Indigenous people um, who are so important and, um, and also our elders because the elders um, are really, really important and significant in our Aboriginal families, mm. um, in our Indigenous families and our First Nations people. They're the ones who have um, you know, passed down the stories but they're the ones who teach um, the younger generations about respect and about the importance of their culture. Mm-hmm. Um and um and it's it's passed down through generations which is really important. And so um the whole thing of respecting elders amongst our indigenous people is really, really crucial and important and so i just want to encourage our listeners um and and i must say also do want to do just a bit of an acknowledgement that um you know of our first nations people because they are so important and so we acknowledge our god and savior jesus christ we acknowledge you lord because you are the creator provider and supreme owner of all things we also want to respectfully acknowledge the people um within um on the lands that we have got faith FM on and that, mm. um, it's, it's on the boundaries of the traditional lands of the Wanarua Woon- people, the Wabakul and the Curringjung people, mm. um, who are the traditional custodians of the land. And we also pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to other first Nations people and so I just want to encourage our folk to be involved this week.
0: Yeah absolutely I was incredibly blessed to do some work up in Kempsey which has a well big inter- indigenous, community, big up there. Indi- indigenous yeah. community indigenous churches and whatnot mm. and uh, while I was there there was, an, there was a couple funerals actually and you know, talking to some of the people who are a part of that community and in the description of those situations and it's is like heartbreaking and then they're like, oh, you know, it feels like, you know, uh, uh, the band-aid gets ripped off and we've, or we've got this wound and it starts to heal and then the band-aid gets ripped off and again and, and the difficulties they were facing but then, as uh, the Bible says, the light shines the brightest in the darkest places mm. and it was amazing to see the way that God was working in those mm. spaces and touching the lives of those people and the people who were coming to christ uh, as a result because yeah as as they were struggling so much they mm-hmm. could come to the realization that christ is our only answer mm. and so it's it's amazing to see it's like we have in in australia we have a very diverse community of people mm-hmm. and each one of those people with the different with their own challenges and, and struggles that they're facing you're listening to the breakfast Show podcast on faith fm positively different We are going to have our next quiz.
1: Who does God call my firstborn higher than the kings of the earth?
0: Oh, wow. This is subversive. Hey, yeah. 0491 <laughs> 064 669 is the number to call or text. If you know the answer to that, you'll go into the draw to win Risen by Clifford Goldstein. Again, the number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. 0491 064 669. Give it to us again,
1: Danuta. Who does God call my firstborn higher than the kings of the earth?
0: Absolutely. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and that number is 0491 064 669. Now, something that I, I've i been a bit inundated with news uh, recently, and this, uh, this came out over the weekend, and as soon as I read it, I knew I wanted to talk about it, but I haven't gotten to talk about it until now, is of course... The outcome of the ICAC investigation on Gladys Berry. Oh, go away! No, go go away! Okay, no, 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 no. I love
1: that lady. I think she's beautiful. I think she hasn't been treated the way she's deserved. That's my opinion. Okay, so
0: uh, (laughs) I this was something that for I, I I really followed. As, as it was unfolding uh, New South Wales politics Obviously I live in New South Wales and, and politics is an interesting one Particularly coming from a Christian perspective Because you realise very quickly That no one actually agrees with you And being ardently on one side Of the political spectrum Actually gets you nowhere And so, you know b- Being relatively apolitical p- Particularly in my conversations with people You know, when we're trying to reach people yeah. When we're trying to share the gospel yeah. um, Not necessarily being apolitical In the sense that you have to not talk about issues at all but when it comes to you know specifically saying oh i am pro this party or pro this party you or don't anti- get into it, it too, you know eh? we we don't <laughs> we say we say hey we are we are pro jesus this is what we're about but simultaneously i like to keep my finger on the pulse of New South Wales politics because I live here and I was like, you know, what's the deal? And particularly when it comes to the Liberal Party of Australia, well, something that I I did describe a fair few times on the radio is that we're in a bit of a conundrum again as Christians um, when it comes to New South Wales politics because Mm. we have one side of politics being Mm. the Liberal Party, which... Is constantly and not just limited to Gladys Berejiklian, but is constantly under investigation for corruption because of their meddling with big business. Sure, and we have the other side of politics, the Labor Party, which has consistently seemed to take aim at. Christian values and, and whatnot in, in society. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're left in a bit of a tough spot. Now, that being said, I, I see that many people tend then on who are, who are Christian tend then to fall to, um, you know, supporting the Liberal Party or voting for the Liberal Party because it's like, okay, at least they aren't attacking my Christian values. And I can totally see where someone is coming from. You know, when it comes to voting, mm-hmm. again, because we can't be pro either party because no party really truly represents us completely, mm-hmm. we then have to look at policy by policy and issue by issue and and yeah
1: there are some but coming you say you know with christians that they'll tend to sway perhaps more to the liberal side but to be honest i've actually found also some are very particular about the labor and they will always vote that no matter what things come up you know so there are some that are just like this is it i'll do Mm -hmm. the same one every time and others will oh I think I'll just go, disco- no, check out. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, and this is the kind of the reality in Australia, unlike the United States where you're a registered Democrat or a registered Republican here in Australia, especially because we, we out, liberal left uh sorry our moral left and right is a lot closer you know Mm -hmm. the the liberal party isn't full of christians who are pro-christian values you know Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. what we see more as a left and a right of politics is in regards to economics but yeah and and because of this you know we see christians go either way but that being Mm said um my point is, is that both sides aren't fully representing us. Both sides aren't fully representing Jesus. Both sides can be very corrupt. And and this is what the Especially ICAC...
1: Especially when you watch them in, in the House, yeah. when they're in Parliament. Yeah,
0: they're going hard at each other. And and we can see here, well, the result of this ICAC investigation, this is something I was really, really hanging out for because obviously Gladys Berejiklian resigned from her position mm, she be- because of the pressure from the ICAC investigation. And that's what she cited and said. It also came because of the fallout between her and the person who she was dating uh, at the time, Daryl Maguire. And that was the real focus of the ICAC investigation Mm. was what was their relationship and how did it affect their, their work as Mm. well for Gladys Berejiklian as the premier of New South Wales and for Daryl Maguire, the MP of Wagga Wagga. How, how did that relationship affect you know what was taking place in Parliament, particularly because it was undisclosed.
1: Was undisclosed, and that's the issue. That's the issue that they've mm. looked at so strongly.
0: So, well, that was what set the red flags off. That's right. Was an undisclosed romantic relationship between two MPs, and particularly one being the Premier of New South Wales. Now, if they had an undisclosed relationship, and you know, and then it came out, and that was the thing that ended Gladys's career. I I would, I would sit here and say, well, that's unfortunate, you know, and, and yes, she did the wrong thing, but is, is the crime that we're accusing her with just that of love, you know, or just that of having feelings for someone and, and seeing a relationship, you know, you know, it's, it's a movie that writes itself. It's like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a forbidden romance. Uh, You know, I understand, I understand. But, because the ICAC investigation had access to their emails and their text mm-hmm. messages, we could then see the nature of their relationship. And what we found very, very quickly, and what the, the ICAC, the 688 ICAC report released is that their relationship was went far further than just oh they were lovers who couldn't be together because they were both mps uh no the the reality of the situation was is that there was lots of serious corruption taking place Mm -hmm. um preferential treatment um on you know, happening as a result of this relationship. Um, Which is
1: so unfortunate because mm-hmm. there there was obviously this this is how I see it, mm-hmm. is there was this strong emotional attachment mm-hmm. and so sometimes when that happens, you know, can get the blurriness of Sure. Of things. So that's that's why I still stick up for a little yeah, bit in that I, sense. I honestly do. I
0: understand. Yeah. <laughs> but then the result of this yep. was the hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayers' money yeah, sure. being mismanaged and funneled into investments on behalf of the MP yeah. of Wagga Wagga so that he... And, and it's like, okay, well, what what's the motivation of doing that? Well, so if you think about this, if they both exit... Um a political life together and Daryl Maguire has been able to flee you know because the spotlight is less on daryl Maguire oh
1: far than far than less.
0: than it is well after this icac investigation yeah, yeah. now it's on him
1: and I think to be honest he's the culprit
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's,
1: but that's how I see it you know that
0: I see what you're saying but simultaneously Gladys Berejiklian is the premier of New South Wales and I understand how far love can go but hundreds of millions of dollars being mismanaged and Put into Wagga Wagga so mm. that so that Daryl Maguire could get rich so that they could uh, they could retire from politics with lots of money is like, I'm like, okay, I understand how far go- love goes, but that is, as the ICAC investigation describes, seriously corrupt behavior. But even further than that, and let me let me conspire a little bit here. <laughs> the ICAC investigation took a long time to come out. And it's like, oh, it's because they're really doing their research. Yep. But, again, a 688 report is a lot, but why couldn't it come out any quicker? Well, the Liberal Party was continue again, the ICAC is supposed to be a government set up but independent um investigation you know yeah. Uh, yeah. conglomerate yeah. um the i the icac well icac itself um was quarter on quarter being defunded so like like it would come around defunded. next quarter yep Fifteen million dollars from True. the from the ICAC investigations, um, you know, from there. Like, so they they were constantly laying off people, and it was actually because again Gladys Berejiklian resigned in twenty twenty one, and mm. it's taken till now, till now two years to, later. And the reason is because is because um, the budget for the ICAC investigation has just been shoestringed and shoestringed and reduced and reduced and reduced, so that, <laughs> and from my opinion, it's so that Gladys, Gladys Berejiklian can get as far away from politics as possible before it came out. Now, she got a job at Optus, and then this has come out, and I don't think she's going to keep her job at Optus as a result of this. But, and again, if we look at the situation that unfolded when she left politics as well, uh, when she resigned from being the Premier, is that all that had been disclosed at the time was that... Um, she had a relationship that was undisclosed with this person. None of these text messages or emails or anything had come out, but at that point she knowing knowing the trouble that she 's going to get in rather than standing in solidarity because of love with this person, mm. knowing the trouble she 's going to get in and the the way it 's going to harm her reputation she <laughs> she dumps this guy and then quits politics.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I just want to say Lawson, cause, <laughs> because you have been on this really strong role about her, right? Okay. I just want to say that I just think she's uh, um, an incredibly um, humble yet really just beautiful person who I don't think deep down she's a person of corruption. You know how some people you can kind of almost pick up that they're, they're into corruption. I just, I don't think she is, but that's just my side, mm. my, my opinion on this matter, because I know you're rolling with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we
0: could, we could, we could spend a, a fair bit of time getting into it. You know, I, I've formed a bit of an opinion on Gladys Berejiklian and that isn't a good one, and I know I stand in opposition with many people, but at the same time, corruption is corruption, and this is awful corruption. <laughs> and I, and I, and I sit here as someone who's like, well, ultimately, our politics, politicians are being put into positions of power and it doesn't seem like many of them can handle it at all
2: you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different
1: and we are going to have our next quiz and next one, who thought Jesus was a gardener when she saw him after he had risen?
0: Mm, if you know the answer to that one, 0491 064 669. Of course, you can win the amazing book, Risen by Clifford Goldstein, really relating to the question there. 0491 Can you read that one again for us Daniela?
1: Who thought Jesus was a gardener when she saw him after he had risen?
0: Absolutely. 0491 064 669. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And we have none other than Brad Moody to talk to us about all things apologetics. Brad, are you there with us?
2: I am indeed. Thanks for the introduction, Lawson. How are you going, mate?
0: Oh, I'm killing it, man. I'm kicking goals, getting a ton, (laughs) living my best life. Uh, We're going to be talking about apologetics this (laughs) morning, and well, we're we're going to be looking at the second coming, but give us, before we get into it, just a definition of apologetics and what we are trying to achieve here with this.
2: Yeah, so apologetics is essentially uh, an attempt to justify a position based on rational logic, and uh, that's that's really what we're trying to do here: is establish some some fundamental principles from the Bible uh, through just using simple logic and using the Word of God as it reads uh, to 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 back that 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 stance.
0: Mm, absolutely. So. Using the word of God when it comes to the second coming, which is a topic that is very hotly contested over as to what the correct view is. And when Absolutely. you know, there's yes. pre mill and post mill and a trib, and you know, all of these different positions <laughs> that people have of like, oh, when is Jesus coming back? How is Jesus coming back? What does that look like? Where do we stand when we open the Bible and try and make a, an apologetical defense of? what's going to take place there
2: yeah that's that's a really good question lawson and i mean this is the thing like jesus made it very clear that he would return. As we, we read about in John chapter 14, verses 1 through to 3, he he made it very clear talking to his disciples. He's like on his way to the cross, and he turns to his disciples who are discouraged because they can see that he's upset, um, or that he's at least, you know, troubled with with, with this great burden of, of um, his sacrifice in front of him. And he says to them, you know, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you, and that I go to prepare a place for you. And this is the key. He says, so that where I am there you may be also. So the point there is mm-hmm. just really simply, Jesus is coming back for his people. He says he's going to come back and he's going to take them to be with him where he is. Now... Oh, that's, that, that's what brings us to that question is, you know, uh, how does that look? What is it going to be like when Jesus comes? How are we going to know if it's legitimate? And I mean, uh, probably one of the key questions is, is that even important, Bradley? I mean, why would that be important? Have you ever come across that? Is that have you ever, what, are, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Lawson? Why is it important for us to consider that question?
0: Um, when, how is Jesus coming back?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, Why I, is it even important for us to know how that's going to look?
0: Well, I think then it well it's incredibly important because when we look at the word of God, particularly looking at Revelation and it's all the deception that comes particularly around this yes. topic. Um, oh, well, around pretty much any Christian teaching there is deception and falsehood, but again, something that is yes. so pivotal pivotal and something that is so climactic As the second coming, Mm. if there is misunderstanding surrounding how that happens, then deception can take place.
1: And it's about, hey, hey, Brad, it's Danuta. It's Danuta here. Hey. Hey, Danuta. <laughs> yes. Good to hear your voice. Hey, hey, um, yeah, I think the other reason is to, is, is to be, being, being able to re- recognize it when it does happen, mm. you know, and to, yeah. to have something, um, it's so, you know, to live with hope. Cause in this world, there's so much heartache and pain and everything. But if we can live with hope, it, it, um, it's so important for all of us.
2: Absolutely. And look, I mean, Dwight Moody was the one that is Believed to discover that there was two thousand five hundred references in the New Testament right, regarding yeah, the Second Coming. That's wow. one in every eleven verses. Mm. And then, secondly, like you said, Lawson, I mean, Jesus Himself in Matthew twenty-four, giving His, you know, uh, His His discourse on what it's going to be like at the end of time. Uh, when in Matthew twenty-four, He's describing the the destruction of the temple and the end of time in the same sort of prophecy, prophecy. He makes one thing very clear: that there's going to be a lot of deception. Mm. And then, the main reason why He makes that clear is because he says multiple times be ready you don't know when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You need to be ready, and that's yes. why we want to know what that's going to look like, because that deception otherwise will leave people uh, in the wrong camp, unfortunately. Sure. So mm-hmm. so let's take a brief look at what that actually looks like, and, and probably one of the best places to look at it is in the first chapter of the book of Acts, where we have these two angels standing by uh, the, the disciples as they look at Jesus as he's on his way into heaven. He's ascending after his resurrection, and these angels turn, and they say to these men of Galilee, it says in verse eleven of chapter one of the book of Acts, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. All right, so this is just critical that we get this. It says, "How did he? Re- how was he received out of their sight?" It says that a cloud received him in the mm. same context. And there is another verse in Revelation chapter one and verse seven that says that he is coming with the cloud. So it's going to be mm. a fairly obvious thing. I mean. You, you don't really yeah. sort of um, you, you, clouds are like pretty obvious when they're in the sky, like big thunder clouds and all that. That sort of takes mm-hmm. your attention quite a bit. So then after that, in that same verse in Revelation chapter one and verse seven, it says that every eye will see yeah, him. Now, I, I don't know that. if you guys have ever heard. Have you guys ever? Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys I ever heard of any alternative perspectives that it's not going to be every eye that will see him? Have you Have you guys come across of any other perspectives on that?
0: Yeah, currently there's one in China, actually, and that is that Jesus has already come back in the form of a middle-aged woman who is living there. The group is called East Lightning. And, um, every eye wow. will eventually see her, but, uh, well, him, which is a her for some reason, um, but not yet. So that's, the, that's their alternative perspective. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty cult-like behavior,
2: but hey. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's exactly right. There's a lot of these ideas thrown around as to when mm-hmm. Jesus is going to come, what that's going to look like. And unfortunately, uh, they kind of uh, go contrary to this particular verse, which mm-hmm. is quite clear that every eye will see him when it happens. It's going to be, yeah. a fairly, as you said earlier, a climactic event. And this is why mm-hmm. in Matthew 24, Jesus gives this stark warning. He says, if they say he is in the secret, go not forth. He's yes. not going to come in the secret chambers. He's not going to mm. be in the desert. Don't be deceived by yes. the way that he's going to be coming. That's it's right. going to be mm. obvious every eye will see him. In the same chapter it says that he's coming like lightning shines from one edge of the horizon to the other. In other words, everyone can see him, uh, and 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 so we know it's going to be an obvious event. And this is backed up by First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16 to 17, which says two very clear things about what's going to happen, uh, which we'll come to in just a second, but it, it basically says that he's coming with with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. So not only is it going to be a very obvious event that everyone's going to see, but it's going to be a fairly obvious event in that everyone's going to hear yeah, about this, the, the, the event taking place as well. It's going to be very audible. Thank you, Danuta. Exactly and, right. And, I, and, I think, and then it goes on to say, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just think of the fact, you know, some people think, well, how can how can that be that it's going to be so audible for like everyone? But when you think of thunder and lightning, like, you know, we hear the rumblings before we even see the lightning half the time, you know. True. And, 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 mm. and, and everyone can hear it at a distance no matter where that is actually happening, but you can actually hear that rumbling right across. And I just think, for me, that's yeah. how I've so, so, sort of thought of it for many years, that, you know, being audible, it's like that whole lightning, um, thunder and lightning. Mm.
2: True. That's a really good point. I've not thought of it like that. Uh, so this is the point that it goes on to say, in that same verse. Because this is one that's, that's often misunderstood regarding like how it's going to look. And they they hear that it goes on in verse 17 to say that those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet him in the air, in mm. the clouds. And so they, they get this idea, this 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 idea of the rapture mm. where where they're taken away um, and that they avoid the tribulation and all the rest of it, which is another point that hopefully if we get time we can get into. But this is what's commonly misunderstood. They have this idea that they're going to be raptured and that it's going mm. to be a secret. But we we need to consider it in light of other verses that unpack the same Mm -hmm. concept, Mm -hmm. such as in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 to 13, Mm -hmm. where it says that the day is coming as a thief. And so people think, oh, he's coming as a thief, so it's going to be secret, right? Mm -hmm. Now, a thief can come in two different ways. uh, But let's just read that verse just to give you a bit of a background so that we understand the context that we're dealing with you. Mm -hmm. It says, but that day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, as we've just talked about. And it also goes on to say that the elements will melt with a fervent heat, Mm -hmm. both the earth and the works that are therein will be burned up. Now, let's just be clear. A thief can come in two different ways. Mm-hmm. It can come as a secret or can come as a surprise. In other words, it can come in a way that you are entirely unaware until you wake up and your TV and your laptops are gone, or a thief can come as an obvious surprise. As in, you weren't ready for it, it still comes as a thief, but they come with guns blazing and telling everyone to get on the ground and then they take your stuff. That's not a secret. It's obvious. And so it's going to come in one of these two different ways, but if we take it in the context, it's fairly obvious that it's not going to be a secret. It says, but at the day of the Lord will come as a thief, in the which the heavens will pass away with great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Now, this lines up a little bit with what, well, a lot with what Jesus was saying about being ready, because it's going to come as a huge surprise, but not as a secret. This is just one point that we may need to make very clear, because this idea of The rapture or the secret rapture is so prominent, so prevalent, uh, but it is just unfortunately not biblical. The elements Mm. melting all around me, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be aware of that, especially when it says (laughs) great noise. Like Mm. Peter's not mincing words there, you know, so it's not going to be a surprise. Sorry, it's not going, it can only be a surprise. It's not going to be a secret.
1: And I love that, Brad, because the thing is that that, that here in this context, really what you're bringing out is that we can't just take one or two verses and go, okay, is it like a thief and the night or one will be, another verse that people use for the secret rapture is that one will be taken and the other one will remain in the field. Um, and And yet the thing Absolutely. is you've got to take it in the context of looking at all the verses placed together mm-hmm. and the meaning behind those.
0: Yeah, I loved uh, absolutely it, another verse that you were considering. The idea of being caught up, and mm. for a rapturist, they would read that and say, "Oh, see, this is this is being secretly translated into the clouds." But then, if you go to Matthew twenty-five and read about how the second coming there takes place, it says that angels come down from heaven and collect the elect. So it's like, "Oh, how are they being caught up?" Well, literally mm. in the arms of angels. Not you know that they're secretly being. You know it, what? What we consistently Truth. see is that people. People are being taken in body, and the the image yes. that we get when, again, when we expand our view and we look at, okay, well, what do all the verses say, and what what narrative Absolutely. do they all portray the when we picture. put them together? And it's like, oh, that definition of caught up is taken by the arms of angels to God.
2: Mm. Yeah, really good point there, Lawson. And one final thing, just on that verse that you mentioned there, I'm so glad you brought that up to is that one of two grinding at the mill and one taken on the other left. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. in the context of Matthew 24, so it's definitely talking about the end of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that the context actually clarifies uh, with with that concept. It says two women should be grinding at the mill, one should be taken on the other left, and the other, the other says that there'll be two men in the field, one will be taken on the other left. And if you ask the question to the majority of Christians out there in the evangelical world, most of them will say whether they want to be taken or the one that's left, they will all most of the time say that they want to be taken. But Mm. if we read just a couple of verses prior, we see that Jesus is actually talking about the flood. And notice what it says there in Matthew 24. It says, And did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so will also the coming of the Son of Man be. So, I don't know about you, but in that context, I am not keen to be one of the ones that is taken. Uh, And this is the point. (laughs) The the Bible is saying that we want to be one of the ones that's left, like Mm. Noah was left after the flood, flood and survived. and This is what we want. We want to be the ones that are left, not the ones that are taken. Uh, but That's on incredible. a serious note That's on so that, funny. like just... To- just to wind this all up, because I'm aware that our time is sort of running short, Mm -hmm. Uh, people who believe this are all excited because they believe that they will escape the tribulation of those last days, but I fear for them as the New Testament is full of exhortation to get ready, because it's going to be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, and so this is the thing, I don't want people to be deceived, and this is why we're sharing this message around the second coming of Christ being so audible, so obvious, and that we need to be ready for it, because as with the Israelites, they didn't escape the plagues. They didn't have all the plagues fall on them, but at the same time, they went through the plagues. They went through the tribulation, and that's a type of what we can expect for God's people at the end of time. They won't have the plagues falling on them directly necessarily, but at the same time, they will not necessarily be taken from the plagues so that they don't go through the plagues. They're saved through the plagues, and then after that, they arrive at the promised land. Mm, I love that. So, look, yeah, that's beautiful. There's a couple of points I just wanted to reiterate just as we close this off. The summary of how it's going to look is that it is not going to be a secret. Number two, it's going to be very audible. Peter says with great noise. Paul in Thessalonians says it's going to be the shout, the archangel, the trump of God. It's going to be very visible, as Revelation says. Every eye, not in secret, not in the desert, not in the secret chambers. Number four, there's going to be coming with the clouds, the same way as the way that he left. And number Mm -hmm. five, the dead in Christ shall rise first and be taken with those who are alive in Christ to be with him, and so shall they ever be with him. So we don't want to take things we don't want to be taken, as it says in Matthew 24. We want to be the ones that are left and that we need to be preparing for this second coming. It's not something that we can just uh, sit passively by as though it's going to happen and we're going to sail through with no dramas. We are going through the tribulation. It's going to be rough, but Jesus says that he's going to be with us all the way.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. And this is the great hope that we have. Despite the persecution and despite the tribulation and despite the deception, Jesus has promised us so much. Brad, thank you so much.
2: Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.